0: Welcome back to East Tennessee Horticulture. My name is Matthew Anderson, and I work for University of Tennessee and Tennessee State University Extension Office here in Sevier County, Tennessee. And so I'd like to talk about today is uh, winter, our gardens in the winter. Um, As we have starting to see, some pretty chilly temperatures hit us. Uh, we start to see a lot of the leaves are gone now. We're starting to see that our leftover plants uh, in our gardens are senescing or hibernating. And so the question is, is is where do we go from here? And I know we've talked about cleaning up the garden. We've talked about um, preparing for next um, next spring. And so kind of to add upon that, is some considerations we want to take into effect is for our uh, plants that are going to go to the winter and um, be viable in the spring and next summer and give us what we want um, for those plants um, even though we're kind of a little bit past the time is um, we want to think about you know what is the soil condition um, now that we're starting to get in these freezing conditions, you know, what are the, what is the soil conditions? Is it dry, Um, is it wet? Um, And a lot of that depends upon, you know, watering, um, precipitation that's happened. And so um, I had a phone call today um, inquiring about azaleas, um, about watering the azaleas if it's too late, Um, should you water it since we're freezing now? And so, basically, for these plants, like azaleas, what we want to do is, you know, we start having these freezes, is we want to make sure we kind of give it a good a good watering, um, and then just let it be the rest of the winter. Uh, typically, we're going to be going in and out of freezing um, probably all winter long. Um, we typically will not have a long spell of really warm weather to break it out of dormancy. Um, I have noticed that uh, there has been some uh, not only questions but also to um, just observing. Um, we'll start seeing maybe some new leaves try to pop up when we're starting to hit into the 60s um, or 70 degree days, even though our nights are staying kind of chilly, um, which for the most part isn't a problem. Um, but you know, again, as we transition, is that those leaves are going to, they're they're going to die. And so, um, most likely. And so that being the case is that soft tissue will freeze because um, there's moisture in it. And so, and typically that's not end of the world. Um, and it typically happens when we have really cold weather and then it kind of warms up, especially when we're getting above 65 degrees um, for any period of time is that you'll start seeing some new growth try to pop up. And you know, unfortunately for some plants, um you know if we have those pop up and then get a really deep freeze um, shortly after is that you can see some um effects in the spring. And so it's just some things to consider. But kinda and kind of at the stage we're at, maybe we're a little too late for some of this, but is you want to make sure you know, I mean, we had a pretty good sprinkling um, fairly recently, so we should be good, um, you know, like on those azaleas and on these other plants where um, they're going to dormant. You know, we want to just make sure that the soil isn't just completely dried out, um, that we kind of have some moisture in there before we start having those freezes and before it goes dormant. And we just let it be, you know. I mean, nature's going to do its thing if we have a... Heat spell, we're going to have a heat spell. Um, you know, we can go in there and we can, especially on our more delicate uh, plants, you know, is cover them up. You know, protect them on these cold nights. Um, you know, cover them up, give them a little bit of protection. Um, and especially on some of these plants where you'll start seeing some new growth when we have these warmer temperatures that sneak, on, sneak up on us for a couple of days is maybe try to protect those as best as you can Um, at the end of the day you know the weather's going to do what it's going to do and um, we weep the benefit or non-benefit come springtime Um, i wouldn't lose hope or or heart because it's not a whole lot that we can do about it for the first for the most part and um secondly is that you know, the little bit that we can do sometimes is is very minimal, and so just as we go into this this winter time, and again, I know I talked about this, but you know, make sure that this is a good time to go through your notes. If you took notes, if you don't, if you didn't take notes, think about next year getting a notepad and taking notes. Um, you know, any kind of records, more precise records, the better. But you know, what kind of problems did you have? you know did you have did you see a lot of a certain insect do you see a lot of japanese beetles did you see a lot of stink bugs you know did you see less of something and obviously as the temperature changes as climate changes as weather goes up and down is that we'll maybe see more or less of a different thing based off of our weather patterns um and so just keep that in mind and think, okay, so if I had issues with um, with something last year is be aware of that. That way this year coming up, when you start seeing maybe some evidence of the insect is you can maybe be on more top of it. You know what you're looking for? Be on more top of it. Um, think about bringing some beneficial insects, uh, lady beetles, for instance, um, and be able to, you know, be proactive, you know, think about it. Also, now is a good time to start thinking, start kind of planning your garden, because for next year, um, what worked, what didn't work, and also to uh, be thinking about it, because, you know, pretty soon, in about a month, we're going to be wanting to, get in our orders so we get the seeds, so we can start our seeds, Um, order plants, and order transplants, we want to get those, start thinking about those, because um, some of those may be challenging, as you know, as the last couple of years has happened, is that shipping has been up and down, supply has been up and down, um, whatever you want to blame it on, Um, it is what it is, you know, it's not as consistent as maybe what it used to be five years ago and so we want to take those kind of things in consideration and the nice thing especially with seeds is i could order seeds right now and you know they're going to be good in a couple still good in a couple of months you know you're not talking about a year or even um this is really even six months and so we want to just think about that think about what we want to plant um, and again, there are certain plants that we can, you can match up with other plants to maybe draw um, what we call sacrificial plants. You know, we can plant some plants on the on a border of our property, or um, kind of a way where we where we've seen a lot of disease pressure, or what was more important to us. And we can plant plant those plants to attract bugs away from what we would, you know, away from what we're trying to grow. Uh, we can also use like marigolds, something that to help be an uh, insect deterrent, and just things like that. And think about also too if if this was this year, maybe you moved into a new house or you're trying out a new spot. You know, be thinking about what worked, what didn't work, um, and then kind of go through the basics. Hopefully, at this point, um, before the ground freezes, is that we've had. Um, some time to get our soil samples submitted and get them back. And so it's really, really critical that we, you know, look at those recommendations for the different plants that we're thinking about planting. Um, also, too, if you've gotten your soil sample through the r- University of Tennessee and you're having trouble reading those results, um, feel free to call, give me a shout and I'll be more than happy to walk that through you. Um, also, too, if you didn't have you know gives you four different crops you could put on there if there's one that you change your mind you want to try is that we do have the ability to go in there and change that and get instant results of recommendations and so that being the case is feel free to reach out and you know um, because each plant has different requirements um, a lot of them are similar but you know if you're focusing on a certain plant then we want to make sure that we um, do our best we can to let it survive. Also, too, I was uh, had a phone call about someone who was comparing their, um, their vegetables, how much they were able to pick um, from either past years or from uh, neighbors um, or friends. And so we get this kind of question a lot. You know, my neighbor's lawn looks so much better than mine or I uh, my friend who lives on the other side of town, you know, their lawn or their potatoes or their tomatoes or their uh, beans or strawberries look so much better than mine. Um, One of the things and this is something to think about is when you're talking to people, you know, and you're like, oh, man, you know, I was able to pick so many bushels. It was awesome is um, the first question you should ask is what variety did you use? Because there is different varieties um, of plants and they are maybe more, um, you know, they've been, a lot of them work better in different areas. Some of them produce, they may produce a bigger product, but not as much product. You know, usually you kind of see a correlation between quantity uh, versus Um, the size, the size of the fruit or vegetable or the flower, um, you know, somebody that is not your neighbor, you know, what is their, how much sun are they getting compared to you? You know, are they on a hill? Are they on a flat area? Are they near water? Are they, um, like a stream or a lake? Um, what other factors do they have? You know, and this is a really good time to do some research, ask questions, um, because typically, you know, we talk in general terms for like, hey, you know, I, I was able to get a 10 pounds of tomatoes every day, you know, well, I wasn't only able to get five. And so again, depending on the variety, depending on what you're, what you plant it, what they plant it, um, I would start there because a lot of times that can make the difference. You know, as in, as the university does research um, and as they try to develop plants that are maybe less susceptible to um, disease pressure or insect pressure is a lot of times that may come at a cost. You know, whether it's in the size of the fruit, the quantity of the fruit or vegetable, um, even the taste, you know, we, we kind of It comes, there's some give and take. And, you know, breeders are working um, continuously to find better, bigger and better, trying to fix things. And um, a good example is a researcher in Crossville at the research station there. They've been studying the disease, well, they've been studying roses and the disease um, rose rosette. Um if anyone has not seen it, it looks very looks like your roses have been consumed by a alien looks like it became an alien, and so uh, really just wacky looking the further it progresses um and it 's a virus, and there 's not a whole lot that you can do um about it once once you got it, you have it um but anyway, so they 've been able to find been able to breed some. Roses that um, have really good resistant resistance to it and are beautiful, um, but one of the side effects of that is they don't smell. They don't have the the smell that you're you normally think of when you think of roses, and so um, and also too they've seen where some of them had maybe less color, and so you you kind of give and take. And all that being said is you know, we want to make sure that our, um, we're trying to compare that we're actually comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges. Um, you know, and starting out with, Hey, you know, what variety, you know, and then kind of going into, okay, so we're doing the same variety. Um, and even if you're not doing the same variety is then if you haven't done a soil sample in the last two or three years, get a soil sample, um, your soil can somewhat change, um, but you know, you add fertilizer, you add lime, you add um, these things to adjust pH or fertilization. And the reality of things is, a lot of times that leaches out eventually and it will revert to the natural. Um, also, too, as we when you apply different things or you do different things is there's different things that can affect your ph um, our nutrient levels and so that being said too is you know three years ago it may have been great but what was done potentially to get it that way before or what was um you know something has changed you know um and so that being the case is if it's been two or three years get a soil sample 15 bucks, and you can get a, a snapshot of um, some of the nutrients. You know, we look at pH, we look at um, nutrient values for potassium and phosphorus. Um, also, too, you know, unless you're doing it all the time, is that nutrients, you know, how much to apply? It's easy to get it mixed up. If you're growing five different things, is their nutrient requirements maybe different? And so the nice thing, especially with the University of Tennessee's lab, is that they'll put on there, you know, you put on there what you're growing, and they'll put on there what they recommend, um, especially on the nitrogen side, um, also to pH. You know, you it takes a while to change your pH, and it may take a while for it to revert back, may not, can revert back quickly, um, you just never know. But that being the case as well, is, you know, if that pH is off, your nutrient availability isn't great. Um, also, too, is, you know, you're using the same water source. Um, there's just a lot of variables. And so, you know, start with a variety. Go to doing a soil test. Um, think about how, how often are you watering. You know, if we have a dry year, you're watering more. Are you watering too much? Are you watering too little? Um, all those things can, can play a factor. You know, we, it's very easy for us to go to, um, these big box stores or even gardening stores and shoot, there's a sprinkler, you know, we're not looking at, um, how much gallons is coming out per hour. Um, are you get a soaker hose or you get, you know, whatever irrigation you're using. And so a lot of times we're not always looking at those things and we're, most people as consumers, we're not calculating how much we're putting out there we kind of eyeball it put our finger in the ground maybe even kind of see how our plants are doing and so we find ourselves in a situation where we are uh, we're putting kind of an unknown you know and obviously every year is going to change you know i have a timer for my irrigation Um, But again, from this week to next week, it can change. And so um, I don't have the fancy equipment that calculates how much water has been, um, how much water actually has been, you know, that it rained or anything like that. And so there's just, again, a lot of variables. And something to think about, again, for next year, you know, is how much water are we putting down? You know, um, a good trick that I've probably talked about before, that someone taught me is get one of those aluminum pie shells. They're about, um, but they're about an inch thick, and they're about the diameter, or about the circumference of where the roots are going to be at for most smaller plants. And so, time it. You know, how long is it taking? You know, whether it's sprinkler hose, whatever it is, how long is it taking to fill up that pipe? time it and then you know that's an inch of water and for most plants you know you don't need more than that in a week um, if it's really dry out okay you know we can push that envelope a little bit you know but we're looking about an inch or two of water a week and so if you're doing that in one day three times a day or three times a week not three times three times a week is that well you're probably over watering you know or maybe you're going to find out that you're Underwatering, And so, um, take that in consideration. Um, think about too is, you know, did you see anything that looked weird? Some look like, okay, maybe this thing is diseased. Or did you see insects? You know, if insects attack a plant at a certain stage, it can affect its growth. Um, also too, did, you know, did you start them inside and then move them outside? Um, did you start them in the ground? Did you go to the store and buy um, transplants? And all those things are something to consider, and we think about. And I'll be talking about this more um, next year. But you know, you we started inside a lot of times, right? I mean, it's cheap, it's easy. Make our own. We can buy hundreds, hundred seeds, and for less than ten dollars of something and have more than we would ever need of plants. And so a lot of times what we forget is that we start them inside, we're keeping the temperature and the light, we're getting all that timed really good, the watering. Uh, we we got a good environment. Um, and then come springtime, we're ready. We're ready to go put them in the ground, we go put them in the ground, and maybe they struggle a little bit. And so... What we need to do is kind of start what they call hardening off. You know, we don't want to just expose it, bam, 100% sunlight, 100% temperature. We want to just gradually introduce it. You know, kind of like if you imagine sticking your foot in the pool, you know, as a kid during the early spring, you're ready to get in there, stick your feet in there. You may stick your toe, okay, well, that's kind of chilly, but not too bad. And then you stick your your foot and you kind of take it out maybe do that a couple times i know for me once i actually get in the pool you know getting the second half of my body into the water is painful um can be painful and so i'll kind of scooch down a little bit come back up scooch down a little bit and so we kind of want to do the same thing with our plants you know we're moving from one environment to the other is kind of that same idea you know let it get a little bit exposure, bring it inside, a little bit exposure, bring it inside, you know, um, because having extreme exposure can stress the plant out, which can delay production of your vegetables or fruits or flowers. And so we want to, again, a little bit here. Take it a little bit until you're finally you kind of get to the point where okay you know it's been exposed long enough and we can go ahead and transplant it into the ground into our bed um, to do to do its thing and to watch it and observe it. That's another thing too. We get it spring. We're anxious to get started with our gardens. Um, we go and we put, put um, a transplant or put a plant or seed in the ground. And then all of a sudden we have a cool front that comes through and messes things up. Um, typically, especially on a seed, you're not going to have as big of a problem with. Um, you're not going to have as big of a problem with it getting too hot in the spring. Uh, we can have some hot days, but we're not going to have those extremely hot days where it would affect germination. In fact, we need some good warmth to for germination and the warmth actually doesn't start having really strong negative effects until we're um till it's above the ground we got some greenage above the ground and' am just trying to produce some fruit and so but that germination stage um but you know when weather changes we get these fluctuations as it confuses the plant are we going to sleep or are we waking up um kind of like when i we lived in alaska is that you know, during the the winter, you woke up and it's like, it feels like it's the middle of the night. Or is it maybe just 8 o'clock in the morning? Or during the summer, you wake up and you're like, is it, is it noon already? And you realize it's maybe 2 o'clock in the morning. And so, just like it confuses us, it confuses the plants. And so, all those have factors and how our fruit and vegetables are going to do it. Does that mean you need to stress out about every little thing? No. Nature is going to do its thing. Nature is resilient. These seeds, these plants are resilient. Um, We can control some things. But just realize, more for the fact to just realize, that all these things can affect why your neighbor or your friend across town may be able to produce more of something than you. Don't be discouraged. Uh, we live and we learn and that's the reason why taking good notes each season is just uh really handy um you don't have to get all technical if you don't want to um but it's always interesting to see you know if you notice that okay well in the spring we did have this you know we did have a lot of rain or we had no rain or we had you know kind of a good mix is all those things will take effect into there so that being said that's the for this week and uh till next time you'll have a good Thanksgiving and a good Christmas.